mention it. Yeah. to the Now That You Mention It podcast with Kevin and Dane. I'm Dane. And I'm Kevin. And I'm also mad that your name goes first. Why? Since when did that happen? There was no meeting about that. Let's fight over it. (laughs) (laughs) And I bet you my name will still be first after that. What sounds better, Now That You Mention It with Kevin Kevin and Dane or Now That You Mention It with Dane and Kevin? The former. Yeah. It It does sound better, but I was never consulted. There was no need. (laughs) It was an executive decision. (laughs) Okay, so today, the episode is entitled, Your Favorite Rapper's Favorite Rapper. But before we get to that, I have a couple things. The first is, and the risk is that this opening segment turns into Dane confessional slash rant time. But this one really, really, this shit really, really bugged me. And it's not any political, like, mm-hmm. shit that, it's not anything like that. Okay. I'm going to keep it as quick as possible. So I go to the gym pretty regularly, right? I'm a fucking consummate gym member. I'm mm-hmm. not messy. I keep out of everyone's way. I mean, you should see motherfuckers, like, they throw their towels in the locker room. They leave their shit everywhere, expecting people to pick it up. Even even on in the gym, they leave the weights. They don't pick up. I'm... I keep a low profile because I'm polite to all the employees, all the trainers there. I'm mad polite because I want to treat it like it's my fucking sanctuary where I go and no one bothers me. So I don't want to like get to know people and have to make small talk. <laughs> right. I, and, but at the same time, I also don't want the staff to think I'm an asshole. I just want them to, okay, you get it. And so I'm not really into like the weightlifting thing. So I mostly go and I stretch and I do some shit. So I don't wear shoes. I wear socks mm-hmm. a lot of the time because I'm doing like yoga and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times people do yoga without socks on. They just do it barefoot. But the I had this manager one time explain to me like, yeah, that's against health code. So you can't do that. But he did it in a really low profile way. I was polite about it. Just like, hey, if you didn't know, like lots of people don't know, you can't really be working out out here without Socks on. You got to put socks on. Okay. So I plug in. I'm doing my stretching with my socks, which are clean socks. I go to the bathroom because I have to take a piss. I take a piss. There's a trainer that works at the gym right next to me. Likewise, taking a piss. I go to wash my hands. He's washing his hands. He taps me on the shoulder, makes the gesture to take out your ear pods. So I do it. And basically he starts telling me, he goes, hey, I noticed that you don't wear shoes when you're working out. And I say, you are correct. Like, very perceptive. And he says, well, I also noticed that you're not wearing shoes in here. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's also correct. And he said, well, could you maybe put on shoes when you come into the locker room to use the bathroom? Because now you're probably tracking pee back out onto the gym. 
Cause you're going to go back to the gym. You're going to go back out and keep working out. Right. And I said, yeah, I'm going to go back out and fucking keep working out. What the fuck is it? And so I started to get really, really mad. Cause then he's like, I'm not trying to do it in a critical way, bro. I'm, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I just think it's unsanitary. And I'm like, okay, so you're pissing and you're wearing shoes. Do you have two pairs of shoes, bro? Are you, do you have one pair of bathroom shoes and one pair of shoes for the gym? The logic doesn't make any fucking sense. What, what, what the fuck is this dude talking about? He called me unsanitary. Does pee magically stick to my socks, but not his shoes? shoes. <laughs> what the fuck is this dude talking about? And he did it. He was such an arrogant little fucking asshole. Like, I, I, I don't want to be critical. I'm just letting you know it's unsanitary. Could you please wear... <laughs> the, the nerve of this dude su- to suggest that I, whenever I go into the bathroom or the locker room, I put on a pair of shoes and... Is he... Am I crazy? I was so mad. I actually, t- I left the gym and I turned around to, cause I didn't say, sh- I didn't say any of that shit to him. I was like, I tried to make it clear that I was not fucking with his, with his bullshit. I was like, okay, bro. Thank you. Thank you for your credit. Thank you. And I like put my shit back in and, and walked away. And I was like demonstratively like laughing and like rolling my eyes and shit. Cause I wanted to make it clear, but I wasn't actually going to get in a full blown confrontation with him. Mm-hmm. But I was so mad two blocks to on my way to the subway. I turned around. And went back, and I was, like, looking for her. <laughs> I went back to the locker room, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I, was, I, I swear to God, I planned it out. I was going to go, bro, so you must have two shoes, right? You must have two pairs of shoes, right? Wow. I was so, like, Kevin, that's, I was that's as mad as I've bro. been in, in a really long time over that shit. That's pretty uncharacteristic. Of me? The, the double back. Oh, I I was really really upset about that. No, that's bullshit though. I feel you. That's total bullshit, right? He, everyone is on the subway. Like it's just so irrational of him to suggest that. And also, it's like, what is is the bathroom in there? The fucking Port Authority bathroom. There's just piss everywhere. Like, because right. I mean, I was just about to say. I mean, shit. You wore shoes to get there. Come on. So. So it's okay if he tracks the piss that he claims is on the floor of the bathroom out to the gym if it's on his shoes. But since I'm wearing socks, yeah, that that had me. I was very upset. So now I have a vendetta with this dude. And also, the inner white lady in me was like, I want to write a fucking, I want to call write his manager. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, I don't think that's just white women, bro. I think that's women. Because my mom is like, my mom will write a fucking thesis. If she doesn't get uh, satisfactory what? customer service. Man, I I can pull up some of my mom's emails, like to principals, to for customer service shit, for like all type of shit, bro. Like my mom will literally like sit down. Have you ever been with your mom during one of her? So- oh, hell yeah. So my mom too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, but... The, the, the funny part is I get it honest because I'm like I'm the one who's like okay whatever the situation is I'll blow that shit out of proportion if I feel even the slightest hint of disrespect I'm like I don't care where we are I'm gonna let the shit be known really yeah so you inherited that from your mom yeah I think there's a difference sometimes my mom will be 
really frustrated with customer service people or just with the customer facing people, but it's a situation where they don't necessarily have the, the control of the situation. Like that, yeah. And when that, like at, at the airport or something, when I'm with my, on a fucking family vacation and my mom is yelling at the American Airlines person behind the desk. Well, that's the first problem. You're flying American. America. Really? I, th- I feel like they're all fucked. Delta's a little less fucked really? than most. Yeah, I mm. fuck with Delta. Shout out to Delta. Plus, you get the fucking Delta Sky Club when you like fly in. American like, has so, that, I think. But it's not as it's not as dope as Delta. It's not as lavish. No. Okay, I might have to in- investigate Delta. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was my little <clears throat> suggestion that I'm unsanitary. Yeah. I'm neurotic. Put some fucking shoes on, <laughs> like like everyone else. No, next time I see him, I'm gonna have to say something to him. Because I'm not. If that dude thinks I'm gonna be putting on and off shoes as I. Well, that's some. That sounds like something that like should be taken up with management anyway, because you were told by another trainer to put socks on. Right. right. Which so I totally like, get that. No, though. no. What my point is. They're on two different codes. Yeah, at yeah, this yeah. Point. Like you have one trainer telling you that wearing socks is cool, and that's what it, you know. That's the bare minimum and shit. And here you have this motherfucker over here telling you, "Well, you need you know bathroom shoes." Yeah, I'm gonna go up to him and be like, "Why, why, why are you not wearing a bubble suit?" Right. If you're so affected by the prospect of, yeah. Anyways, okay. And that <laughs> my the opening segment I had intended to kick to you was, what does it mean to do it for the culture? Nothing. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. Come that, on. That is a fucking empty phrase. No, um I mean it is an empty phrase. That that wasn't that was true. Yeah. But what does it mean? I I really don't know. Like I guess it's like you're trying to like you're trying to make some claim about you know, most people are obviously talking about hip hop. Mm-hmm. Black culture in a sort of general sense, hip hop in a general sense, but black culture in an even more broader context. But most of the time when you say like, oh, somebody's doing it for the culture, it's like, you're, you know, what are you doing? What are you actually doing? Like what triggered, what made you ask that question? It's just something that I've wanted to talk about for a while, because especially when I was working where, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's like you see so many complex articles, 13 mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. DJ Khaled does it for the culture. Right. ASAP Rocky's doing it for the culture in new and exciting way. Like, what is it? What does that mean? Yeah, shout out to ASAP, man. That's fucked up. They got them out in Sweden. Yeah. Locked up. But, um, yeah, I don't know what that, I don't know really what they're like intending to say like I guess it's like are you because like what are you actually like what are you doing like you're you're putting out music that's making money you know maybe making money for someone not you (laughs) that's not you um yeah I, I think a lot of it too like a lot of cats like try to politicize it when they like say oh you know so and so is doing it for the culture and then I think even that is like still like superficial 
in terms of like understanding like what you know what the effects of whatever somebody's doing actually is gonna have on shit like oh you know so and so just donated five thousand dollars they doing it for the culture like eh, what the fuck is that gonna do so yeah. yeah I don't know man I I'm not a fan of the phrase though I'm not a fan of it I think yeah. it's just something to say it's totally just something to say yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I think about it. I think it's very buzzfeedy and complexy. Oh yeah. No, it's it's it was uh cooked up. It was it was baked in the in the complex oven for sure. Like all of that type of shit. Any anything that because what's complex is a thing like where culture pops or some shit Make, like that. Making culture, culture pop. pop. Yeah, like it's some play on pop yeah, culture. Yeah, so of course, of course, it's in that like superficial. So you're saying it's semantically Bro, it not means, null. It, it means absolutely nothing. Like it literally means nothing. That's what I would say. Yeah, I think maybe it had to do with. I don't know, but I think my ridiculous if I really wanted to go too far, would be maybe it has to do with race. Right, no, and that's what I said. Like, I think it's about that, or it it purports to be about that in a larger context, like when you say it, but the things that you sort of, you know, anoint as being done for the culture. That's are, just are, that's just totally yeah, meaningless. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I'm trying to piece it together in my head. So I would say it would be something to the extent of, oh, I just I'm doing this. You say you're doing it for the culture when you're doing it just because you can do it. It's totally superfluous. Right. And I think maybe you could re- like in a certain context, hip hop culture black culture you're doing it because generations ago or years ago that opportunity like wasn't afforded so like you're doing it for the culture you're doing some extravagant shit like as a totally symbolic but empty gesture just to do it right that's kind of what i think but at the same time then it's i i pulled up the article 13 ways a sod Khaled is doing it for the culture yeah, see, come on, man. Uh, how old is he, two years old or three years old or some shit? At the time of the article, he is like, less than a year old. Come on, man. Like, that's ridiculous. And that's doing it for the culture. So, yeah, so that, that should tell you all you need to know about what doing it for the culture actually means. Okay, I got one further. <clears throat> totally different. What does it mean when cats say that so-and-so is problematic? What's problematic? I I, I say I use problematic all the time. Me too. I Um, fall back on it, but it's um, one of those. I mean, you're just, you know, a problem. (laughs) But what does that mean? Is Is it just a synonym for your racist your what you did what someone said is misogynist or no you know what i i think that i think being problematic is definitely more nuanced than that so it might have some semblance of like racism or misogyny or something some tinge of something that's you know sort of unbecoming 
to how civil people should interact or some shit, right? But I think that it's more because when somebody's a racist or a bigot, they're just a racist or a fucking bigot. They're they're not problematic, right? Because they are like you've already. But isn't it in a lot of ways some when people say, "Oh, so and so is being problematic," and when they're using it to talk about something that someone has said publicly. Mm-hmm. Aren't they really – isn't it just used as a substitute for what they said maybe has some racist subtext to it or some – I. So if it has some subtext, again, that's, that's a more nuanced sort of look at something, like looking at the subtext of whatever somebody's saying versus just the outright, you know, the explicit shit. Yeah, but – uh, okay, but I guess to argue – with myself, uh, I feel like a lot of people say it when it's, you know, a white person who's speaking on issues of non, on behalf of non-white so, shit or, so or, or, it, but, or the, the cancel culture but, going back to episode four, so-and-so is problematic. But that, so like, so what does that mean? Like, so say like the per, the white person who's speaking on issues, if you're coming at it from a perspective that isn't accounting for the context of the other, right? You're just speaking on it like, oh, you know, I don't see fucking racism because of, you know, I don't experience that shit. Okay. That type of, that's problematic. Okay, it's fair enough that, it's fair enough to accuse it of being something, but what do you actually mean when you say it's problematic? That's, I feel like people, it's just like, like the do it for the culture thing. It's just a stock phrase that people throw at when it's. So in being problematic, you are being, uncritical of your own positionality so the fact that you're sitting here saying whatever the fuck it is about like you know black culture and shit like that but you haven't taken that time to not only look at yourself as you know cisgender white male whatever whatever and then understand the context of somebody else but that's that the shit. meaning that you're reading into when people when, no. When you, you ask me what do I you oh, ask okay. me what do I okay fair, do I, yeah, okay yeah. fair enough yeah. that, that, so. I guess that's not what, what you use the word problematic that's not the target of my okay that's not yeah but you <laughs> asked me yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, so I'm telling you what I so when I say problematic I'm actually looking at it like here is a here is a situation you know a person you know who doesn't understand who's uncritical or ignorant or whatever the fuck and you know, sort of getting at the heart of that from a nuanced, you know, a, a perspective or whatever. But I guess I agree with, with what you're saying. Like, just in general, like, when people say problem, something's problematic, that it's an empty sort of phrase or something and, like that. And when, yeah. when I hear problematic, for something to have a problem means that there's some solution or there's some right way that the shit should be working. Like, if the fridge has a problem, the fridge is not working properly. So to say something is problematic assumes that there's some alternative, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, and I, and, and so if, again, if you're asking me, (laughs) then I would say that the person who is uncritical about their positionality within a, within a given society and then espouse, you know, their beliefs and shit on, on people and shit like that, that's problematic. Because I'm address, I see the problem as your lack of. Okay, so when you say problematic, you're identifying a, a, a concrete problem. Right. Okay. That's okay. You just that you just perfectly 
articulated what I think my issue was that I wasn't understanding, which is that when people call something problematic, they're not identifying a problem. Yeah. They're saying it's problematic, and it's like this vague accusation to just throw in the direction of the thing that's going down. And it's you're talking about being self-critical. To me, that shit is so uncritical. You're problematic. What the fuck does that yeah. mean? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. That took a too serious turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got something less serious. I wish, I wish you guys can see. I might put a link in the, um, in the episode shit, the, the IG post to, uh, to this. But, dang, you have to look at this, bro. I have not seen this. So, I have a fair amount of tattoos. Yes. Pretty cool tattoos, by the way. They they are L. Yeah, they they really are. Thank you. Thank Cabot, you. Uh, actually, you are have the illest tattoos of any of of my many tatted up friends for for sure by a long shot. Thank you. And I the next that. second is just like this dude that was in the Marines, and he's got like all the classic like sailor shit, which is mm. sick. Yeah, it's pretty. But dope. it's like, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I got to stop gassing you up. Yeah. No, we can we can go for like another five minutes. No, I'm just fine. So so look at this shit, bro. So, like, cats do, like, the, the blackout shit. Have you seen, like, just the straight, like, black? On the forearm. But, like, they'll, like, yeah, like, the band and shit, right? But yeah. some But some cats will do, like, the whole arm. Like The whole arm. They'll, like, just, it's completely black. Like, okay. completely shaded black. Okay. And so, we also know that this is the generation of face tats. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do you get when you get this blackout style with the face tattoo? You get tattooed blackface. Bro, what the fuck is this? <gasps> oh my lord. OD. Bro, look at wait, look at this shit. That is the most this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. What is... Okay, so Kevin is currently showing me an Instagram post of a white dude that has ears that now look like they've been just dipped in black paint. <laughs> and a similar band going across his forehead. <laughs> I, I actually thought you were about to show me someone, a, a white person whose face was now in permanent blackface. That's probably, I'll probably that's where stumble. It's, yeah, that's, that's where it's headed. headed. That's probably where this dude is headed. What the fuck is that? I'm stumped at the hats that just have the <laughs> forearm completely blacked out. I yes. saw a dude on the subway the other day that had the, the fully just, first of all, how long does that fucking take? I have no clue. And what? That's one where I'm truly the old dad that's going, <laughs> why? Bro, like, I'm like, I'm sitting there, same face, bro, like, why? And I'm, like, sitting here with tattoos, like, all on my neck and my hands and shit like that. And it's like, what the fuck are you thinking? I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> How did you stumble across the the ear? Yo, the ear. Oh. The ear. The ear has been completely inked out. We got to post this. We have to. All right. 
we've been, <laughs> we've been rambling on our opening segment too long. All right, when we get back, it's time to talk about your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Indeed. All right. Now that you mention it, podcast. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> At this moment, we would like to inform you that we have social media profiles. So we would like to invite you to follow us on social media so it looks like we have some some clout. Right. We need that. Um, the all the social media handles are at NTYMIPod. The email address is NTYMIPod at gmail.com. Please, I think the most important thing I've been told is the Apple review. Mm, mm-hmm. The rate and review on Apple, and there's a couple of you motherfuckers. I'm trying to figure out which one of my friends wrote the review about liking your choice in smoothie. Oh, yeah. From, that, from the second episode, the yeah. moss smoothie. Yeah. Someone held you down. Yeah, the sea moss is fire. But you, gotta, <laughs> I, you know what? You actually need to come to the spot, like, right down the street from my house. Like, this movie spot. Juice spot? The juice spot is, like, super fire. Get the strawberry moss. I'm I'm yeah. always down for a juice. Yeah. Gotta come, gotta come fuck with me. Okay. So, today's episode, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. What, what was the genesis of this idea? Where did, when did we get the idea to, to put this one together? When Bandana dropped. Okay, so it was a Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. I feel like we're going to be talking about Freddie Gibbs a lot. Yeah. Okay, so the basic idea is of this episode is that we're trying to identify which rappers have a certain quality to them that makes them looked up to by other rappers. Right. Would you say that's, yeah, that's, that's an right. accurate description of what yeah. we're trying to do? Yeah. Okay, and so the names to to give you an idea of what we're what we're driving at here, the names that immediately spring to mind are like Freddie Gibbs and Pusha T for me. But so when I tried to make it a little more concrete and think about what we're really trying to identify here, I came up with okay, what were the what are the criteria for being your favorite rapper's favorite rapper? I came up with integrity slash total commitment to artistic vision, like non uncompromising in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then I also came up with this quality of not giving a fuckness. Yeah. Um, That's part of the... But yeah, I think that kind of... Go, that, yeah. Those categories kind of collapse yeah. into each other. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is someone like a Freddie Gibbs, you're going to struggle to find a track or a verse or a project where he's not totally 100% himself. Right. Like, he's identified his artist, artistic vision and he has stuck to that 1,000% on every... One of his performances, projects, and it's just that not giving a fuckness. Like, I'm here. This is what you're going to get from me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so, like, Pusha is someone who embodies that trait, too. Like, he is liable to just go crazy on anything, and it, you're going to really struggle to find a track where he's just phoning it in or he's not totally himself or he's doing a record because he wants it to go on the radio yeah. or he's doing a slower R&B thing or that type of shit. Right. But I would qualify it with that's not the only thing that makes a rapper fall into this imaginary category we made up. So I was thinking about in order to make this category like a, a viable category, we have to sort of distinguish between virtuosic freaks mm-hmm. What, like cats like Lupe and Black Thought. Mm-hmm. And also, we got to distinguish between legends. So I'm thinking Nas, Jay, Snoop, whoever you want to throw that fit Rock into him. the category of, of legends. And so basically our contention is that your favorite rapper's favorite rapper is categorically different from both of those things. Although mm-hmm. your favorite rapper's favorite rapper may be virtuosic mm-hmm. and may be a legend. Right. But those are not necessary mm-hmm. qualities, properties right, right. for being your favorite rapper's right. favorite rapper. So, who do you got for your favorite rapper's favorite rapper? I mean, I guess historically, I'll go. I'll go from like the historical approach first. Um, Rakim, the God. I mean, it's. For everybody who says like the greatest the greatest rapper of all time is is Hove and and you know people throw out Biggie and shit like that, it's like yeah I hear it like I hear you know you have the the full the full you know package with the commercial success and and everything like that, but the reason cats are rapping the way that they rap today <laughs> is because of Rakim, like. That alone puts him at the top of my list, where it's just like you wouldn't be able to put or wouldn't think that putting words together in the way that that you hear cats putting words together was possible. Totally agree. Okay. So I thought of Rakim as my historical historical pick, if we had to do it that way. So who's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper? I was thinking that just off the strength of – the amount of rappers who I love today who would probably slash maybe have in interviews and stuff um, cited Rock Him as their moment when they heard I heard Rock Him verse and I knew I wanted to pick up a pen and be a lyricist. Right. And so that attribute alone makes him a candidate for your favorite rapper's favorite rapper because he might literally be your favorite my rapper. favorite rapper's favorite right, rapper. Right, exactly. But okay. Just to play devil's advocate, does influence just because I've always pushed back against this idea that just because a certain artist or whatever is influential in a field, does that mean we have to laud them as one of the greatest? Influence to me doesn't doesn't equate to they're the best, they're the great, like... Right, and I think, but see... You can, like, not have skill and be influential. Okay. Tell me more. Give me an example. Like, just pick a rapper today. Like, pick one of the, like, young rappers today who are, like, 
you know, like I, I'm trying to think of, of someone who's pretty garbage to me. Unskilled, but going to be influential. But influential. Am I about to totally alienate myself when I say this name? Young Thug. Ooh, maybe. Mad influential. Yeah. Does that make him good? Nah. Nah. No. Nah. And I and, and yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like, it depends on on the whole package. So like for somebody like Rakim, like he's influential because he's not influ- like he's influential stylistically. Like you remember like the Dapper Dan Rakim with the big, you know, the uh, the the five percenters emblem with the dapper dan shit or whatever like you have his influence from the culture up oh, going back to that the culture you have the influence you know on the culture in that aspect or whatever but then the virtuosity like you can fucking put rakim's verses on top lay that on top of some coltrane shit the way he's able to flow and, and find different pockets and just create different pockets so i think for that type of shit he would have to be somebody who's lauded because he's done it, you know, in, in various facets of the game versus just like, oh, you know, so-and-so's, I don't know who the fuck is just like a straight lyricist, but like, you know, no real, no real impact like that murder mook or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. You got cats who can like just bar you up. Or whatever, but that doesn't mean that that shit's like landing anywhere. Yeah. So. No, I totally agree with having Rakim as your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. I just always, that always sort of rub didn't, my intuition didn't really jive with the notion of, okay, mad influential, Mm -hmm. therefore he's one of the greats. You can't, like, you know. Yeah, no, it it depends on, on, you know what you bring to what you actually bring to the table. Yeah. Like, and so another quick aside I had is the labeling people as legends based on their commercial success. And this is such a fucking layup again, like but I see it pop up still. Academics is out here justifying people's place in the culture or whatever because of Billboard numbers. Because of numbers. Yeah. And he's also somehow making some kind of false equivalency, but attacking their artistic credibility based on the numbers, too. Mm-hmm. It only sold however many thousand, therefore it's, it's garbage. It's garbage, right. Or therefore he or she's not popping. Like, mm-hmm. I, that makes me so upset. And I feel like, because I, I, I thought of that because you mentioned. People always citing Jay as one of the greats and using his wild commercial success as a criteria for that, mm-hmm. which I just find to be bullshit. Yeah, I mean, like, Jay-Z is an anomaly in terms of commercial success. Michael Jackson was an anomaly in terms of commercial success. Like, it, it's certain cats who, like, I mean, Jay-Z's married to Beyonce, that, like, She's an anomaly in terms of commercial success. Like, you aren't going to find people like that often, you know? Like, it, it's maybe one or two, you know, every generation like that. And so to try to, like, have that as the standard is just unrealistic. 
any fucking way. Like, yeah. you're not going to sell as much as Jay. You're not going to sell out as, you know, as many shows and arenas and, you know, all of that shit. So it's like, that's unrealistic anyway to even, you know, put that in our criteria. Yeah, and we should say that... Um we can't really we don't really want to talk about cats like Nas and Jay as your favorite rapper's favorite rapper just because that might be self-defeating and just because they're everyone's fucking favorite right, rapper. Like we don't right. want to talk about the Kendricks because everyone loves Kendrick. Right. He's everyone's favorite rapper. Go no, keep keep going. I, that, that, that's all I had. I was going to make a I was maybe going to try to form a, a joke about Drake, not really. I don't know. Because <laughs> everyone loves Drake, but, but Drake is really bad. So like the interesting thing about that. So like you said Kendrick, right? So this was like, when was this? July 9th, so almost a week and a half ago. Um, I saw some post uh, from Schoolboy, and he was, you know, like trolling TD and shit per usual. Per usual. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm not going to read the whole tweet, but he basically was just saying how much he hates the different, you know, members of TD and why, right? And so at okay. the it, the the last line he says, "I hate Zay," referring to Isaiah Rashad. Yep. I hate Zay because he actually he's actually the best in TDE. And so, mm. and so that like that sort of that's one of those think, maybe jokes masquerade truth telling masquerade right, as a right. joke or vice and, versa. And, but that's that's that goes with our conversation though, like. Here is Schoolboy, here's Kendrick, J-Rock, Abs. Like, you have, like, heavy hitters, and they're like, but, you know. And, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, Schoolboy is, is the one saying it, but, you know, that could be, like, a consensus sort of thing where it's like, yeah, we're all dope in our own, you know, and whatever our status is in the game and shit like that, but that's really the fucking beast yeah. right there. And that's what, you know, that's really what this, this category embodies or the rappers who you know make up this category like what they embody is like that shit where game recognizes game like it doesn't you don't necessarily need you know commercial success in order to solidify you amongst your peers like that yeah you got cats who really do this shit and they're like yo i fuck with his music i fuck with his flow or whatever it is and it's like that says a lot you know what i'm saying like that says a lot um so really we're theorizing about um, the rap community's perceptions of, of themselves, of other right. rappers within the community. Right, right. And we, we have some evidence, but... Yeah, we have some yeah. evidence. Right. Because it's also, like, you can go back to, like, another, you know, another cat that's on my list is uh, the incomparable Fonte. Mm. And we could go back, like, we could pull receipts where Drake... Who's you know a lot of people say Drake's their favorite rapper. Yeah, and Drake said verbatim, Fonte, you know I always tells you you're my favorite rapper. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> using Drake it, as but, any kind of like measuring stick. But no, it's just it's, it it just it's the point though. It yeah. gets to the point. Like you have cats who, for whatever reason, you know, for whatever like trash drake puts out like radio garbage and shit and, and all the ghost writing shit or whatever i mean i believe dude is is talented like i don't think drake's just untalented hmm. 
So you what don't is think... talent <laughs> for real? So you don't think Drake? You don't think Drake can rap? Technically, what do you mean? What do you mean? You don't think Drake rap raps well? Like, do you think that when he, like, you you get him on a song, he can put syllables together? <laughs> I don't know. He, it's like any motherfucker can go play scales. Okay, so I'm trying to think of like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he can he can rap, but is rapping just the ability to string together syllables in different rhythmic subdivisions? Like, what? No. He, okay, I, mean, I will say he's really skilled at talking about, going back to the opening segment, talking about em- semantically empty shit that just sounds cool. Right. He's really good at stringing a bunch of syllables that really don't mean much, but they're like, yeah, this sounds ill. Like I should be in I should be in the fucking Mandarin with some bitches right now at like 2 a.m. <laughs> like that's what he's really good at. Just putting together like these really, really meaningless words that are just all surface and superficial and then somehow tapping into some I don't know, some like vague emotional backdrop. Yeah, I, I think that's the What has Drake so, said? So what I has think, Drake said? So I think that's probably so First of all, I'm not a Drake stan. Yo, you are right now. But um but to say that he like so have you listened to Drake pre Young Money? Like did you hear Drake when he was was rapping with Fonte and Elzai and No. Is that what it is? Yeah, so so you're uninformed. Uh, here we go. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like it there's there's evidence of him rapping alongside cats who can actually rap and has held his own so regardless of like his music the quality of his music if we're talking about skill like i you know you can you can say that about like a sports like an athlete or, or whatever like it's certain cats who have never won a championship who are coach killers and all that kind of shit I bet you don't want to fucking guard him. I bet you like you don't want to fucking play one on one or or whatever the fuck go head up with him, you know, on the yeah, football true. field. Yeah. And so just in terms of skill, he has ability. He has the ability to rap well. And that's all I'm saying. To say that he's, you know, some like he's giving me some type of social commentary or some shit like that. Of course not. Drake's empty. But Fast food is empty. It tastes good, though. All right, I'll let you have. I'll let you get off that ill bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty well documented that Drake really looked up to Fonte. Yeah, and and that's you know, and so you have somebody it influenced like influenced the singing mix of singing and rapping, and that's somebody in, in but that's the like. So, like, Drake is a commercial creation, right? Where it's like, he's able to rap well. He can, you know, hold a note or whatever. And we can push him out there or whatever. You weren't able to get that same type of commercial success out of Fonte. Somebody who can sing better and obviously raps better. Yeah. And is, you know, has more substance to their, uh, to their art and shit as well. So it's like, 
those cats are often, you know, relegated to the underground and shit like that just because, you know, their shit can't land commercially like that. Well, that goes back to my fucking criteria, the not giving a fuckness, integrity, total commitment to artistic vision. You talk about Fonte. Drake's not going to make a fucking album like The Listening. Of course not. Solely produced by Ninth Wonder and just... But well, so this is also like Drake made a decision as well. Like, so prior to the Young Money shit, he was rapping over Ninth Wonder beats and rapping, you know, had instead of him singing on the hook, he had Dwele singing on the hooks and shit like that. Like, that's an entirely different sound than what, you know, cats know Drake as today. And so... If we're talking about pre-Young Money Drake, then I don't think you have much of an argument because he would have been in that Ninth Wonder wheelhouse. He probably would have been a Jamla artist mm. at this point. Okay. You got to do your you got to do your hip hop history, bro. Like, <laughs> damn. What was Ninth actually producing for Drake, or was he just using old Ninth beats? No, he he had a couple like fresh ninth tracks. I did not know that. Okay, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I love Ninth Wonder. Eh. Really? Yeah, Crisis is a little bit better. I think just off the strength of Minstrel Show and the listening, Ninth is dumb. Yeah, I mean, no, Ninth is a beast. Anyways, that's a, that's that's a different conversation. Yeah. Okay, who else? Okay, who else do you have on your list? Your favorite rappers? Favorite rapper? Maybe we should just talk about Freddie Gibbs. Not yet. Okay, okay, okay. Not yet. We're, we agree on Freddie Gibbs. So. Yeah. Who else do you have? Um, I wanted to think about the Isaiah Rashad shit a little bit more. Because <sighs> I'm, I'm a fan of Isaiah Rashad. Actually. Oh, I love Isaiah. But th- does Isaiah have enough of a... Does he cut through his own work enough to be... I don't know. Schoolboy said he fuck with him. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Um, but I mean, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm actually like, because my my two, like, well, three were Gibbs, Fonte, and Rakim, that I had okay. like for sure. So, oh, my other one was J Rock. Yeah, yeah, I was about my to say. My other one was J Rock. Yeah, yeah, J Rock. J Rock. Uh, yeah, I think you can just tell has the the total respect of the hip hop community. Right, and it's like. If you had to, like, ever think that the word authenticity meant something, I think it means something when you're talking about J-Rock. So, like, the fact that, like, it's not just the skill, but it's the it, it's the emotion, it's, like, it's the commentary, it's sort of, he gives you, he literally gives you everything that, you know, people would want. Like, you want to hear about these war stories, well, hear it from somebody who's, like, really been in the field. Yeah. And, like, can really tell you about the shit, you know, like, the sleepless nights, you know, as a result of the shit or whatever. And so, yeah, like, cats throughout hip-hop, I think, show him a lot of respect. So, I totally agree with you. Can you 
so I guess one of my that one of my criteria or one of the things I cited as um, qualifying rapper to be your favorite rapper's favorite rapper is like you can't have any records that are like a reach for radio. Do you agree with that? No. Okay, you don't agree with that. So if you don't agree with that, then that then J Rock is exempt from this criticism. But I would say that J Rock has consciously made an effort. Him and his team mm-hmm. have made decisions in the moment to really push for like that crossover success. Like you had the that's actually a really really dope song. I really fuck with it. Um, but off of his last Wait. album, you had um, the track with Jeremiah. Oh, that. You think that's crossover though? That's tr- you're trying to get radio play with that, the with the, the beat and Jeremiah. Yeah. It's a kind of like a, that was like a re- that was like a club record almost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know because I don't think what like, was that song called? <clears throat> um, tap out. Yeah. Tap out. You know, the commercial success. Like, I don't know. That's a tough one because like the more I think about it, it's like. Are you penalize? Are we penalizing people for just making, you know, for making those type of records? Where it's like, you, like, is the is the criteria so like stringent? You know what I'm saying? Because if if that's the case, like, I guess the the what I'm basing it off of is Freddie Gibbs does not give a fuck whether or not his music gets on the radio or not. He's gonna make the music that he wants to fucking make, and if it gets on the radio, that's fucking fine. But with the the example I'm um, citing here, it's I feel that that track stood out on that track list as, okay, this is the radio record. Right. We're going to try to push this. But. And so, so that begs the question to me, is that really the, the, the deepest expression of J-Rock's artistic core or is that is T-E-N? That, is that a, All right, we, we, got, we got Jeremiah here. Oh. We got this beat that might be like sort of club at Jace, like let's throw this out there and it's going to do it's going to do big numbers and and like let's roll with that yeah and to then to me i'm like okay that's sort of like uh that's compromising of the artistic vision and i'm totally being the detached critic here i'm not faulting j-rock I, at all i'm just saying if i'm gonna be super stringent i'm gonna be super stringent yeah but that's that's where i'm like why I don't know. What do you mean? Like, it's almost like, I mean, he's a rapper, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, Freddie Gibbs isn't rapping because he's, you know, he's not fucking sitting with his thumb up his ass. Like, oh, I have good fucking music and ideas and shit like that, and I just want to put it out. He's trying to make money. He's not, Freddie Gibbs is not going to continue rapping because you think that his shit is dope. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's out here, at the end of the day, he's still a, an active rapper because he's making money. Like, he's putting out projects because they're going to make him money. But that's not the end-all, be-all. That's not the right. That's not the and, motive, and no, and right. sole and so, motivation. And nor is it for J-Rock. Because that record, I'm going to say it is. Okay, that record. But you, but And I don't know that Freddie... Yeah, of course Freddie Gibbs is trying to make money, but... Part of me thinks that he'd be doing it if he wasn't making money. Like, who would have thought that 
he did not make Pinata because he thought he was going to be on the fucking radio. He did not make Pinata because okay, he didn't, but that's, if but he that's, was only trying to make money, he'd be. But he would that, not be making. He would not have the catalog that he has. He would okay. not have fucking Shadow of a Doubt from that first ESGN record, because Freddie Gibbs has a right, really, really right. big catalog. Which I, I'm not okay. And, but but this is my point though. Freddie Gibbs was signed to a record label before he went independent, right? For like a second, right? Okay. What's the point of you signing a record contract? So you get more exposure. You have more of a, a system behind you. You have more to do money. what. To make more money, but hold on, but no, 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 don't rest your case like that. But if you're, to me, so if wait, you're an wait, artist, wait, wait, wait. so you, time out, so time out. Is TDE not a subsidiary of a major record label named Interscope Records? Yes, that is true. So, if you're signed to a major label, basically, what is the major label gonna make you do? Because what are you as an artist? You, you, you aren't. You know, J-Rock, I'm worried about Johnny McKenzie, the person. No, you're J-Rock, the rapper, and you're an investment. So you need some fucking, you need some fucking radio hits as a major label artist. The fact that Freddie Gibbs is an independent artist allows him the, the freedom, the artistic freedom to do the shit that he does and to have the catalog that he has. Okay, but I'm going to take issue with the idea that signing to a record label is just a financial decision and you're sort of signing away your artistic soul just to to have more money behind you if you're a true artist you want as many motherfuckers to hear your shit as possible because you have something to say right but you understand that you're going to be compromised because the motherfuckers that you sign into aren't they don't have the same artistic bandana was the first they, that, they put that on a, out on a major, right? Bandana? What did they put that out on? It was on RCA, which is a subsidiary. Okay, so he, this was the first but album it's, it's, that... It's, that, that... It's, it's Keep Cool slash RCA. Like, we're, like, now we're going subsidiaries of subsidiaries of subsidiaries. Like... And so, what, so why do you think Freddie Gibbs and Madlib, who do not need... They've got the cult following. Why do you think... Gibbs chose to go on a record label this time around. So he can maximize his fucking profit. I totally disagree. I think, I think it has to do with he wants has, more people to want, hear you, his okay, shit. Okay, okay, right. That might so be a what? fucking consequence, okay. a con commitment. No, bro, that's the because, money. No, you just have, you have an idealized view of Freddie Gibbs because you're a fan. What it is, the, the business is the business. The business don't give a fuck about you thinking that this person is some, you know, supreme artist. Who gives a fuck if they don't fucking make me any money? Because it's still... Yeah, but that's one of my criteria for your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. They're a fucking artist in the true sense of the word. The artist is, the artist is, but not the label. And you're still signed to the label. Nonetheless, Freddie Gibbs doesn't have a record with Jeremiah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because he just he just put his shit out on a on a major label, right? He could have just did it because he got a cult following. That could have just been for the art, right? Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on. You don't want to do this arguing shit with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how I lost the argument. Freddie Gibbs doesn't have a fucking Jeremiah record, and he won't okay. for the rest of his career. Okay. You don't know that. That's because you're a fan, you're a fanboy. Like you. 
you aren't taking yourself out of your fandom to understand that at the end of the day, these dudes aren't doing, if they are just wanting to, like, you could put your shit, why is Bandana not on fucking Dat Piff for free? Okay, fair enough. Question. This is a totally ad hominem, out of the blue fucking stab in the dark. This podcast. Are you taking, snap of the fingers, we have... A million listeners overnight, mm-hmm. or Spotify signs us with a, with a whole bag of money. What would you rather have? I would rather have the million uh, listeners. Now I rest my case because you have something to say and you want people to hear it, and but, you value that more than just getting the bag. Right. Okay. And so that's, that's one of that's, my criteria for your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. But again, and when and when I see Jeremiah but, on a record, that to me is evidence but, of you're valuing the bag over the artistic statement. No, but see, this is this is where you're missing it at, though. Is the million viewers? So Freddie Gibbs has a million fucking people who can listen to his music already. He has a cult following already. So that's already built in. Like we're trying to build, a, we're trying to build an audience. He already has a cult following. So why do you choose to go to a major label if you already have the cult following? If you already know that your shows are going to be sold out and you already know that everybody's coming to the fest on the festival scene to come see you. Okay, I guess I would have to know this. Honestly, this is so, this, I sound so dumb now, but I guess I would have to know the specifics of the deal. Like if you got a really big advance up front and that was the reason why. But it seems like it's, having the, it, the no, infrastructure it, of the label behind him this turn, turn around. It, it's see, to make money. You know what? Look, it. perfect example is Nipsey. Nip put out Victory Lap on Atlantic, right? Nip had a cult following that he had built for years. And he said, I went to Atlantic because the, the partnership, the business deal was right. He, he could have put out Victory Lap on that piff like he did Crenshaw. He could have sold, uh, uh, you know, fucking CDs for $100 again. If he if he was just doing it for the you know artistic integrity, no, you make a business, you make a deal with a major label because you're trying to maximize your profit to to like, but then, to, but bro, the, but, to not to not understand that these dudes see your streams, your you buying merch, all of this shit. At this shit is keeping them afloat. The fact that cats are like able to do what the fuck they want to do is because they have the financial you know stability in order to do so and so freddie gibbs isn't making a decision solely based on his artistic integrity that's stupid you can't you can't do anything solely for the integrity of whatever the fuck it is that you're doing in a capitalist society okay wait this is this this is what it boils down to for me take out the label for a second or no wait you can't. Did, 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 did the label, did Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib releasing Bandana on a major label change what Bandana was going to be? Yes or no? No. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to argue that the, that the, the art totally exists in a vacuum or that money doesn't right, have but, but also But also you, gotta, you also have to, like when you said take it, take, you are looking at it in a vacuum. You have to look at TDE for what it is. What what label is is Freddie Gibbs signed to? What did we just say? What, it forget. was some keep cool. It was keep cool uh, and RCA. RCA. And so, how much money do you think 
Freddie Gibbs is is generating um, RCA records as opposed to TDE is for Interscope? It's a lot more for the latter. So am I incentivized as a label? I'm I'm running a label. I'm I have the the parent company who's like we need to make these numbers. Based on the fact that we've made these numbers before, we have to continue to hit these marks or whatever, right? We need some so we can get some songs on fucking uh the NBA shit or whatever the fuck, the radio, however the fuck we're going to do that. That's what we need to do to keep these motherfuckers happy so that you can come out with To Pimp a Butterfly, so that you can come out with uh, 90059 and shit like that because it's not a fucking uh, radio record on 90059. Yeah, you're right. So you have to look at this shit as what it is. Niggas are making money. Like, you're not out here doing none of this shit because you're just doing it for the fuck of it. If you're sitting here telling me that you're doing this podcast for the fuck of it, you're stupid. <laughs> I'm serious. But what, if, but what if you? But okay. But all, okay. All I'm saying said, is, let, oh, hold on. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find a place we agree. We don't agree. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find but, the, no, the spot that, where we diverge. So we diverge because you aren't. You you are looking at this shit through rose colored glasses. The shit is the shit is something for sale. At the end of the day, Freddie Gibbs is selling you something. Yeah. And if he's going to sell you the most that he can possibly sell you, then I'm going to fuck with the dude who can give me the fucking advance or whatever the fuck it is, whatever the infrastructure, the resources, whatever. It don't have to be a, a direct dollar figure about this shit. It can be just the fucking superstructure of the major label that allows him to do way more shit that he would have not been able to do otherwise. Okay. All, I guess my criteria for your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Because would, if you, because one last thing is like yeah, yeah. you can go down you can go down like the list of rappers and shit that's on this shit like push you talked about Pusha T fucking grinding that's a that's a radio hit that was made for the radio that was not made for the radio that beat. Was not made for the radio. Come on, no way. Bro, that was a the that was fucking a cra- the fucking Neptune again. You you have to look at the context. What was that's what, shocking what, that that's a radio wait. record. <clears throat> Who produced the record? <laughs> the Neptune. Okay, so what are you talking about? But, it's made for the radio. The Neptunes in the early two thousands was an automatic radio hit. That's all they. That's all they did. Whether it was for rappers, whether it was nerd, like they made radios, they they were running shit at that time. But that's the only radio hit off of Love. It does. It doesn't matter because I just said that I just talked about nine double o five nine has no radio hits or has no radio songs on it. You just talked about Pusha T being one of the one of the standard bears. Oh, I'm I I think Pusha T is open to that to the criticism that I'm leveling at J Rock for sure. <laughs> so okay, then how hold is on, he on, on the on. list wait hold on hold on hold on this is I, this is all I'm saying okay to so take it back to Freddie Gibbs and Bandana oh. my criticism comes in when the moment the artist's vision this sounds so corny but the moment they have an idea 
and they think, okay, that's how I want, that's how I want the idea to be. And the moment that that is altered for whatever reason it may be, however slight, just for the, the pure abstract argumentative sense, that's to me, I'm not calling them a sellout. I'm not saying they, they lack artistic integrity. I'm saying that just for the sake of this conversation and theorizing in this way, that's to me where I fall off. And I say, oh, that's where J-Rock and his team reach for the radio. That's fine. It's, it's super arbitrary, though. Because, like... So, do you have... So, number one, I mean, you, you can't know. For sure. Like Absolutely right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But... Let's say your um, your thing about grinding, it wasn't meant for the radio, but it reaches radio. So now what? So now I say they're lucky motherfuckers. Okay. So if if Bandana they started playing Bandana on Hot ninety seven tomorrow, I'm not gonna. That doesn't make me go back and retroactively change my opinion of Bandana. I don't then start calling. Gibbs and Madlib sellouts just because their shit happened to blow. Okay, it's 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 a it's it's super arbitrary. I mean, because it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm gonna just leave it alone. I'm gonna leave it alone because, yeah, I think cats are just always like. But this it's, might be a good time. Cats to... are always compromised. Like un- unless you're like, unless you are fucking and playing, you know, or doing your shit in the fucking subway, and even that dude got his fucking uh, guitar case out, wanting you to drop singles and shit in there. Like you're comp- you're always compromised at some point. The moment you start, the moment dude in the subway starts playing some different shit because he thinks that's going to bring him more money, that's when he's not your favorite subway busker's favorite subway busker in this abstract, divorced, theoretical conversation we're having. That's it. Right. I guess. Okay. Okay. So him playing something different. but Because he makes a calculation and he says... But but so is the tap... That's what it's, it's tap out, right? With Jeremiah, yeah, yeah, is yeah. that only? Is that only something? Because so then that's something else too. Is like the way that song sounds, just sonically sounds like some shit that it sounds like some West Coast shit in general. So it's like, are we like saying that him just getting Jeremiah on the track makes it? You know, like okay, now this is gonna be a radio hit, and now we're deliberately trying to. Or like, because where is the line? Because if it's if it's still sonically authentic, then I'm. I don't know. Okay, let's let's. I mean, I'm just saying. Let's like, pause it, it <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> right when my whole argument starts crumbling. No, we no. Okay, we can we can we'll leave it alone, bro. Who else you got? 
Uh, Wait, you, you you pretty much said all yours. Yeah, I said my, I said mine. Um, so yeah, Gibbs, Pusha, J Rock. I thought this might this talk about arbitrary. This might be completely determined by just what I listen to on a regular basis. But I I've had Prodigy, but based on what we but Prodigy has a fucking song with French Montana, right? But yeah, I don't I would, know. Maybe I, maybe, maybe know I was what? maybe I was divorcing. Uh, maybe I was talking like. Um, you know you what? Know, the infamous prodigy, uh, the record he did with Alchemist, did the solo record. What was the second Mob Deep record? Hell, fucking, what was it? You know, the prodigy shit is actually a good one. You think? Yeah. Um, hell on earth. I was about to say hell on wheels. Holy because, shit, what's wrong with me? Uh, I think about like a lot of prodigy shit with Alchemist. And. Those are always like some of the songs like I always just go back to like to this day. So, yeah, I, that's a fair one for sure. Okay, I don't have many others. What about? Should we save it? Maybe not. I don't know. MF Doom's place in all of this. Yeah, we had another idea for that one, but I think he does fit into that category. Um, but the well, only, no, 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 no. You know what? Maybe not. The reason I would say he's not is because I don't. He a thousand percent has the cult following, right? Among people who have the aesthetic uh, aesthetic sensibility of like me, mm-hmm. or like even your some of your tastes, like. But does he have that respect in the hip hop community? That's, that might that's, that, what, that's, that's why, the spot that's why, where he's yeah, vulnerable. That's why I backtrack. That's exactly why I backtracked. I wonder how, I mean, we sort of saw it with with Gibbs when he was doing his his promo run for Bandana, but I wonder how, what the the general consensus on Doom is amongst rappers. Right. Like active rappers. Do they think he's kind of a gimmick? Like, what do they think? I would probably lean toward that. Despite the fact that skill-wise, he's a beast, but... I do think, like, you know, it's just sort of, you know, he's this enigma and shit. I I think a lot of it, like, is kind of off-putting to, like, your average, like... You think cats don't fuck with him because of that or because of his content or because of... I mean, I think it's also, like, the content... So, his cult following is definitely people of your ilk. Yes, this is what I was saying. And, um, and so, yeah, that's sort of just like abstraction of like just everything is like all throughout his work. And for cat, you know, for, you know, most cats or whatever, I think it's like you want something that's grounded somewhere like, and that's just not, you can't really ground like. His shit is like, damn, is you know, it's it's almost like watching a dude like do a bunch of fucking like, uh, you know, dunk contest dunks in the layup line, but then like gets in the game and it's just like, your game doesn't really translate to anything concrete. Yeah, that oh, that's a really interesting analogy. I I view Doom more as now I'm trying to think of an analogy, but as more of the totally out there spaced out 
high art, like... Yeah. He's like the free jazz of hip-hop, almost. He's like the art ensemble of Chicago of hip-hop. Where... I don't even think about it in terms of... To me, Doom doesn't strike me as the the pyrotechnics technical ability that stands mm-hmm. out. It's just that fucking quality of great artists where you're like, damn, no one else but that motherfucker's would brain thought, would think thought, to put yeah. that word with that word. Right. And that is fucking insane. Or like, right. you have that same feeling when you're looking at like, I don't know, for me it's like Mark Rothko or some shit like that. Like, damn, like what, how did, like, it's not technically the most awe-inspiring thing in the world, even though Doom does have aspects of that, but you're just like, whoa, that's right. something, that's some other shit. Right. What about Andre? <laughs> that's ironically that's my favorite rapper of all time. Yeah. Could he? Could you make a case for Andre being in this category? Favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Oh yeah, yeah. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's a layup. That's a layup. What about Black Thought? Another layup. Like, of course. I mean, or, or are these are these cats disqualified just because they're the obvious choices? Like, I feel like there's a certain element of like you can't be too. If if the name springs to mind immediately, then it's like you're out of the conversation. You need to yeah. have sort of like a oh yeah like, yeah yeah. And I would yeah, three stacks and, and black thought are definitely like too easy. Yeah, too to easy. Put, everyone to everyone in, knows. Yeah. yeah. All right. All I guess all I have really is like. Freddie Gibbs, Pusha T, and then maybe Prodigy. I'm trying to think of who who else would be on my. Mm-hmm. I mean, we named some some cool cats though. Fonte, J Rock, the God MC Rockham. Yeah, I was actually thinking if we were gonna do it historically, maybe I would have KRS One. I think KRS is like also one of those like what's crazy is Rakim should also be one of the like obvious like of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Um but I think KRS is actually more obvious to really? most people. Yeah. I think as a historical figure, yes, but in terms of his actual music, no. I feel like cats sleep on how sick his music actually was. Like Return of the Boom Bap, that album is one of my favorite albums of all time. That album is dumb. The production on that, <laughs> the production on that is fucking ridiculous. Like it sounds so modern. It was made in like 1990, 1990, 1991 or something. Like it's insane. 1990 was a good year. All right. Well, we can we can wind it down. I don't think I have anything. Yeah, you lost that argument. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's it for us. Oh yeah! Shout out to. Um... Devora, her birthday was today. Happy birthday, Devora. Now that you mention it, yeah. Just to... All right, next time. Now that you mention it, mention it, mention it, mention it. Yeah.